Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to Releasing Trauma, a survivor's podcast. And now here's your host, Tracy Osborne. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today, we are talking about going from um, caregiver trauma to being a clutter coach. And with me today is Lisa Zerotny, who um, went from, you know, caring from her mom or for her mom with Alzheimer's to creating a sustainable business as a clutter coach, which also pertains to trauma. So we're going to talk about that today. So Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Tracy. Thank you for having me. As I said, this is such an important topic. I love what you do and I'm honored to be part of the conversation. Well, thank you. I'm so glad to have you here. Um, You know, and and I've got to give you kudos because I I know what it's like to be a caregiver, but I don't know what it's like to be a caregiver of somebody who has Alzheimer's or dementia. And I can't even begin to imagine the difficulty that must must be, especially when it's your, you know, your mom. Um, So what was that like? (sighs) Let's, we're stepping back in time to, you know how when you go through something, we we all know what that survival mode feels like, right? Yep. And in then you come out of it and you're like, how did I do that? And I really have that when I have these conversations where I'm like, I, I don't know how I did it, but in the moment you just do. But to your point, uh, someone in your life with dementia is is a different experience for sure. And uh, she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. It's it gets very like challenging to to say exactly what that is, or if you could if you could even say before you know they pass away that it's for sure. But what I've often said to people is it doesn't matter what you call it. It's some form of cognitive decline and that impact, no matter what it is, it's far reaching into your family, into your emotions. And it was absolutely draining on me. And in ways I don't think I caught at first, you know, because it is, it's your mom, you know, she's the one who's always been strong. And I had a really strong, like I had a German mother who showed me work ethic, you know what I mean? Right. And she was always there for me and always driving me forward and, and never resting. And to have her, you know, be the one who needed me to care for her and also to not have her there in the same way for my children, because here's the, the the like bonus part of the scenario is that I was a sandwich caregiver in a very unique way. And that when I moved her into our home to care for her in the very beginning, and we weren't quite sure what was going on, but we knew she needed to be somewhere where she could be cared for. I was pregnant with my son and then I was pregnant with my daughter. So I had two pregnancies, you know, that I, um, a baby and a toddler 
and my mom with, you know, ever evolving uh, Alzheimer's. Gosh, you know, holy cow. It's, um, it's, it's kind of like having three kids because you have to, you you have to constantly watch them. I've never, I've never had to go through Alzheimer's with somebody, um, but I know enough about it and I've seen, you know, with other people, them going through it. And I know that as it progresses, um, they can't be trusted at all. It, it, it's like having a two-year-old constantly. You're so right. And, uh, you know, thank you for saying that because it's something that was really difficult to explain to people how, like, my mom, I couldn't leave her with my children. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and that's just even saying those words, even to this day, it's, it's like your brain is like, what? Your brain and your heart, really, they just can't process that. But, but I learned very quickly, I I had to treat her as though, you know, she were another, you know, a child. Yeah. And yes, I had her interact with them and yes, it was beautiful. And there was, there was love, there was love to be found. And we did as much as we could with it, but from an administrative point, from a safety point, I had to be so careful. And then at some point I was barely sleeping because I had children who were, you know, sleep training and and waking at all hours. And then I had a mom who was sundowning. And if you've ever dealt with uh, any kind of dementia or Alzheimer's, you know, you know what that can do where, you know, they, they rev up like, like cats do at night. (laughs) It's like explain sundowners so that, you know, our listeners who've never heard of that. um, So, understand what that means. Yeah. So when uh, you have your normal circadian rhythm, right? Your your standard traditional circadian rhythm. And as the light decreases, you start to calm down and you, you know, you, you slow down for the evening, which leads you to bedtime and to rest. And they have the opposite. And it's not only that they get the opposite and more energized, but that they can tend to get more agitated as well. Mm-hmm. So in the evenings, she would sometimes trash her room or do things like that. And it, it would just being, I think, very anxious and agitated and, and, and wanting to be in motion and, but not having the ability to connect to something purposeful and safe while doing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, try and picture, I, I, I can't even fathom what goes on in their mind because yeah. I mean, there's just no way of knowing, you know, they, I I could understand the agitation. I think I'd be pretty pissed too, if I couldn't figure out what I was doing or who I was or where I'm at, or, you know, Um, it's constantly confusing and scary. Scary. Yes. That's what I was thinking. And over time, you know, and, and, and distance, you know, distancing myself from it to say, what was that like? Because all I knew was I was exhausted and, and frustrated and, and my patience was tried at every turn, but, you know, I was able to step back and say, it must've been so scary to be in control, but then not, and then wonder what was going on. And, you know, as humans, we have such a, a strong, uh, will to live and a desire to to stay in our strength and to save face that it, it's just instinctive. So whatever yeah. she did was was probably 
for that reason. And I can understand that. But as a caregiver, it was so challenging. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, so I follow somebody on TikTok. I, I don't even know who it is. I have to go look up the account, but uh, she is also a caregiver of her mom who has Alzheimer's. Mm. And, you know, they they video the interactions constantly. And yeah. um, so it really gives you a, an insight. I mean, just a glimpse of what, you know, what caregivers are, are dealing with. Um, some days she's, you know, happy and she's got her baby and she's good. And then some days mm-hmm. she is just pissed off beyond belief. She doesn't want to get up. She doesn't want to go to, they call it school. I think it's like an adult daycare or something. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she. so it, it really, from a clinical standpoint, is fascinating um, from a, from a, um, you know, like a mother daughter standpoint. I, I mean, it's just heart wrenching to watch. And it was, you know, as draining as you might expect it to be. And yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, and I, as I said, you know, I, I do have the perspective of, of time and, and healing now, but still I, I, <laughs> I cannot process that what I went through uh, sure. fully, uh, but and that's why you know we're here talking about it today. And what I want, yeah. why I want to keep having this conversation and, and keep sharing this because there are things that we do instinctively and out of love, and we don't even think about it. Like I, I said to you when when I first said I'd love to be you know, on your podcast and talk with you about this, that for the longest time, I did not acknowledge this as trauma. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. I thought, it's trauma. Right? I mean, yeah. you're watching your mom, this woman that you have grown up admiring, who is, mm-hmm. you know, the strongest person you've ever known. Yep. Turn into a non-functioning human being, basically. So that's yeah. got to be incredibly traumatic. Yeah. And it, it's, but it's just so interesting how we deny ourselves that, um, that understanding and that acceptance of, of that, what we go through right. is trauma. I just, I was like, well, that's reserved for someone else who s- somehow had it worse. And uh, no. was her name Susan Lacks that you had on your podcast about joy? Yes. Is that her name? Yes. Uh, yeah. Loved that. You know, that speaks to my heart. It's a big part of where my healing came from is seeking out joy and positivity in a, in a very safe and beautiful, non-toxic way, mind you, like a realistic right. way, gratitude, that sort of thing. Th- those were all the practices. And yeah, it's like one of the things I even, I have a, um, my number one downloaded episode on my podcast is actually about living a trauma-informed life. It matters that much to me that we need to be talking about this. And, you know, one of the things that my guest said was the same thing that Susan said, don't compare. We cannot compare. And right. you you experienced what you did. And yeah, now I have come to accept it is trauma. And uh it was powerful and it has informed so much of what I have done and experienced ever since. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, so you know, think about it. Not only are you losing your mom, you're losing your mom twice. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, you, you lose her as you watch her decline and then you lose her when she finally passes away. And um, 
yeah, that there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That is pure trauma. Um, and you know, the just the fact that you were able to care for her um as long as you did. And I, I don't know how, you know, if you were able to care for her till the end or or what, but um, you know, that is amazing. That just shows the amount of love that you have because so many of us in that position, I don't think we could do it. You know, I mean, I, I cared for my stepmom who was um, in a wheelchair. She was um, paralyzed um, or had very limited mobility from the waist down. And that was hard enough. She had full mm. cognitive, you know, <laughs> um, but to, to care for somebody. And I just, I, th- I think about my, my, mom because um you know like yours she was always this very strong very independent strong-willed strong-minded woman and when she got really super sick with pneumonia one time after that it i mean it shook her to her core because she almost died and mm. um and I, and i watched this woman go from you know, being this incredibly strong rock to depending on me for everything. And, and I had to like re give her, you know, forced independence, um, Mm. totally different scenario from what you went through, of course, but, you know, sitting there thinking about my mom and, you know, picturing what it would be like to have had to care for her as her faculties were, were, changing and um disappearing i i don't know that i could have done it honestly i really don't i i still don't know how i did but i did it for nearly five years and uh, she did go into a nursing home and she was there for three months and then she passed away and it was one of those like you said very difficult things where it's like you, you lose them multiple times over. And I, yeah. I, I often said I, I lost her in pieces. It is the long goodbye. And mm-hmm. so pieces of her would go. And then when she did pass away, the first thing was actually relief. Then after that, it was guilt for having relief. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and I mean, oh, it's so complicated. And yeah. And that whole experience is very much why everything that I do in terms of coaching and living my life is so grief and trauma informed because we need to acknowledge how powerful that is and how complicated and complex it is. I mean, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And let's talk about that a little bit because you're a clutter coach and clutter is often associated with trauma. Um, You see, you know, one of my favorite shows is Hoarders. And you Mm -hmm. see these people with just nightmare houses. Um, And it's all started by some kind of a trauma. And it's often it's a way of protecting themselves. There's some who, you know, build up walls of stuff along literally walls. walls. And that's to, to keep them safe because they had you know, sexual assault or something like that. And it, it makes them feel safe. That's right. So just so you understand sort of my background and, and the path that I took when my mom passed away and I was sitting there in this 
you know, grief and this guilt and this like, okay, the what now questions, right? Right. My first, my first instinct was, okay, do I get a job? What do I do? What do I need to do for my family? Because, you know, it was a big emotional impact. It was a big health impact. It was a big financial impact on us to care for her. So I was trying to figure out what next. And, and this voice inside me said, clear out, clean out, clear a path. And so I started to do that and physically decluttering all the stuff because I'd left so many things unattended, as you can Mm -hmm. well imagine. You have to let go of non-essentials, sometimes essentials. It was a big combination. The other thing I had neglected was me. And so sort of a a decluttering of, of these emotions and just everything that I was experiencing and understanding that I needed care too. And people often ask me, Hey, if you would change anything, what would it be? And although sometimes I wish I had been more patient, most of the time that the, the, the answer really is I would have taken better care of me. And so if you're a caregiver going to be a caregiver, please self-care has to be, has to be an essential it's not optional. It's mandatory. Yeah. And that's so that's a big advocacy for me. Uh, so with that, I started clearing physically and, oh, it was like you could breathe again. It was very powerful. Anyone who's decluttered a closet, right? And then you're just like, whoo, you know, you, you're, you're the weight like comes off your shoulders and you're like, how did that work? And then you walk by it and you're like, hey, this is great. You know, you just feel differently when you declutter. And I thought, oh, this is it. So I became a professional organizer and moved into that realm, trying to help others. And that was actually a really wonderful way for me to continue to heal, to continue to declutter and then, you know, turn it into a business where I could help others. Now, very quickly into this business, I realized it was the head and the heart that stores the clutter and that if we can get there first, your closets will, you know, fix themselves. That's, you have to go to the root of the problem, which is why right. I stepped into productivity and accountability coaching. I call myself a clutter coach because you cannot go to a space where I'm at. You cannot go to an interview. You cannot go to Instagram without me talking about clutter in all its kind, mm-hmm. uh, all its ways, you know, that it shows up. And like you said, you watch hoarders and that trauma it not only causes the clutter because there's a different kind of function, there's coping mechanisms. You know, people will purchase things because it makes them feel better, right? You yeah. know, retail therapy, yeah. we call it all that. But like you said, too, it can be protection. It, you can actually build literal walls yep. so that your your space, your physical space doesn't allow other people in. And then you you feel protected, even exactly. though you can look at it and be, oh, this is awful, but it's not, it, it's got it's got a purpose behind it, even if it's not technically what you want. Yeah. I, I used to joke and say that I watched hoarders because it made me feel better about the way my house looked. Um, <laughs> oh, my husband but, says that all the time. He's like, I feel so much better. <laughs> right. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm not so bad. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, honestly, I, I watch it really for the, um, you know, because I am so into the, the whole trauma thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I watch it from that aspect. But also I watch it because I like to just champion and cheer for these people who the ones who actually do the breakthroughs 
And, you know, and, and I love getting to the end and and seeing the transformation in them and in their homes. And and I just get so happy. It just makes me so happy to see that. Um, Yeah. You breathe easier for them, right? Yeah, totally. It's like, oh, you can cook without cockroaches in your food. That's so amazing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or you can take a pl- you can take a plate and walk to a space and sit down and and eat as opposed yeah. to like you know standing and walking around with it. But let me say this about that: uh, as much as I will watch those as well, uh, a lot of times people will think if if things are like uh, fairly well organized or it's not to that level <laughs> that you're not still dealing with the trauma and the clutter. And I did not work with hoarders specifically. That takes a different kind of certification oh, yeah. and a different understanding. However, you can still see so much within that range within that mm-hmm. spectrum where you're still feeling the impact. Like I can remember purchasing things because I was dealing with trauma and because it made me feel better. And okay, this is, I joke about, I kind of a joke, but it's also kind of real. I just shared this on another podcast uh, guest spot. And I was like, you know, <laughs> one of the first companies that my kids recognized the branding for was Dunkin' Donuts. And <laughs> And okay, that's like mom, hashtag mom life, you know, but it's also caregiver life. And it's also, I had everybody in the car safely and I couldn't let them leave the car. So I'd go through the drive-through and I probably kept Dunkin' Donuts in business those first couple of years. And then of course, coffee, you know, for lack of sleep. And so it's kind of a joke, but it's kind of not, but, but it, it just reminds me that, you know, we, we seek comfort, we seek coping and all of these things are tied together. So when we start mm-hmm. to understand that, then when we do feel that overwhelm, when there is too much stuff in our space or stuff in our minds or on our to-do lists, all those things, that's that's what I help people with. When we start to understand there's there's something going on that's connecting and causing it, we're that much better off to find a way to to ease it and to and open it up. Well, from an from a um I'm going to get a little woo-woo here. From an energy perspective, everything in our lives, in our homes, you know, all of our energy is tied up in this stuff. Oh, yeah. And so when you declutter and you start to get rid of things, that immense feeling of lightness and freedom that's your energy coming back to you because it's no longer yeah. stored in this stuff. And now I want to get off this call right now because I want to clean. <laughs> I know, I, right? I You're totally inspired. Like, my my <laughs> daughter and, and my granddaughters are moving back in. And um, and so my house is just, you know, in, in kind of chaos at the moment. And I know it will be mm-hmm. for a while until we get it all sorted out. But um, right. it drives me crazy. I, I get to the point where, um, I, I have to have some kind of order or else I, I feel everything overwhelms me. Everything. It's absolutely true. I say that your environment, right? Uh, your space affects and reflects what's going on inside. Yeah. And, you know, to your point about, okay, there's some things going on right now. You're honoring a season in your life where there's going to be a little right. bit more chaos. And, but you're also really looking forward to, you know, <laughs> getting back to a decluttered space and rightly so. 
so I love the woo and the science, right? A little half and half, like a joke. I'm a woo on my dad's side. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> so I like both. And so on the science side, let me just remind you that clutter, especially physical that we can see that's tangible, but really any kind that's coming in at us. And I'm talking about, you know, the long to-do lists that are like have a Harry Potter extension charm on them where you're like, how did that get longer? And I keep working. What's what going on? to-do list? Yeah. Thank you. Right. Sounds familiar, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm talking about that. I'm talking about information overload because we have it at our fingertips, which I absolutely love because I'm obsessed with learning. Mm-hmm. I, I deal with multi-passionates. I am one. I love it, but also it gets to be too much. All of that clutter, we have to keep processing. But when it's there and we're not acknowledging that it's like right there in our face, in our space, we don't realize that it's also triggering guilt and shame and frustration and unfinished to-dos and things like that, which then distracts us from being focused and creative and feeling joy and peace. Oh, absolutely. I'm totally in that spot right now. I am, um, you know, with everything going on and, you know, everything I've got going on personally and professionally, um, Mm I am stressed to the max. I've got two girls graduating high school in two months. You know, so I've got all of that stuff I'm mm. dealing with. I have three businesses that I'm trying to grow. I, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And and I'm just, I'm like at the point where I, I need to, and I know I need to do this. I need to just step back, yeah. and, you know, and prioritize. Okay. We've got all this stuff that needs to get done. Does everything have to be done today? No. You know, and, and get back into my time management. Um, and as far as the clutter and stuff goes, you know, yeah, I realize that the house is going to be a mess for a while until, you know, she, we're, she's done moving, <clears throat> excuse me, she's done moving and, you know, we figure out where everything's going to go. Yeah. But little areas that I can keep clean, like I'm sitting here looking at my desk, which is really messy right now. And I, mm-hmm. I purposely went from a, like a six foot table to a very small, probably a <clears throat> maybe four foot little desk purposely. So I didn't have a whole lot of clutter and stuff on there. Um, and so I, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, one of the things that I can do to get some, some control back into my life is tidy up my desk. There's a bunch of stuff exactly. on here that doesn't need to be here. I can go put it away. You know, it, it takes like 10 minutes if that. And yeah. Makes, and I, that's I mean, a wonderful habit to have like every day and, and to promote what you're doing, but to to your point about like what are the things I can do and if if I may this is what I would would Please. coach you you're, you're you're right on you're on the right track okay in that you have the the general house space that's going to be in chaos in certain areas but there are little mini spaces if you will small areas that you still have control over your desk is one of them mm-hmm. and I would recommend not only taking, like you said, 10 minutes and you can spare 10 minutes, set a timer and do as much as you can. You'd be amazed. You'll probably have it all cleaned up. Not only that, but I want to encourage you to not only declutter it, but to make it very visually appealing to you, to make mm-hmm. it where you're ex- you feel excited, creative, maybe at peace when you see it. And the same thing, um, I've often said this uh I, I know so many women who are, are going through, you know, like a big shift in the house. You could be going through construction. Like you said, you're going mm-hmm. through a big 
seasonal shift and and congrats it's for wonderful reasons but it's also very stressful understanding those stressors understanding what those triggers are and saying okay when i go out there even though i know this is a good thing i know it's temporary i feel stressed creating those little spaces that you can go where you can relieve that stress, where you can release it, where you could meditate or simply breathe, close your eyes for a few minutes. In two minutes, you can shift into your parasympathetic nervous system, right? And calm yourself. Uh, A corner of a bedroom where you put a chair and a little table and some favorite books, or if you're into oils or candles, or, or if just simply a clear, clean space. It's not as much as you'd like, but it's something to carry you through. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Lisa, this has been fantastic. And I could keep talking forever about this. (laughs) Um, And I'm sure you could too. (laughs) But But let's keep it simple and keep it short and and, and not make this the clutter either. This is is the part that encourages as opposed to overwhelms, right? (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on and talking with us and sharing, you know, about your mom and, and all of that, that's, you know, very brave and, and very amazing. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. Absolutely. And listeners, you know, the drill, I will have all of Lisa's contact information and everything down in the show notes, um, all nice and neat for you. Just go to releasingtraumapodcast.com and pull up Lisa's episode and everything will be there for you. So you can reach out and and talk to her and get some help with your own clutter. Um, If you're listening to us from one of your your favorite podcast app, whatever it is, please make sure you give us a like and a share and a subscribe and comments and all of that stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you in the next show. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure you hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss a show. Be sure to check us out on our new socials on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details